It is the 200-level Mike Carpenter here on this Saturday afternoon, an absolutely beautiful Memorial Day weekend, and good news keeps coming for Illinois basketball. As you have probably seen on your podcast feed, we're, we're taking that sort of summer break, but we do intermittent episodes based on news that breaks, and it just so happens that seemingly every few weeks, there is really big, breaking, good news for Brad Underwood in this basketball program. The latest, of course, on Friday evening... I got the text from some friends. Actually, it was Trevor and Isaac that texted me first about it. Matthew Mayer commits to Illinois. Now, what makes this a mild surprise is that UNC was in the top four as well. And Matthew Mayer, most people looked at him and thought, well, okay, Brady Manick is leaving North Carolina. This is a perfect spot for him. Not just because he's a white guy with long hair and kind of funny looking, no offense, Matthew Mayer, but he has the same sort of skill set. So it would make a lot of sense for him to go to North Carolina, a national title favorite. But instead, he commits to Illinois. To, st- to start things off, I want to actually read this article from Joey Wagner that he published yesterday from 247sports.com. It's Illini Inquirer. Really recommend that you check these guys out. Always got their finger on the pulse, and of course, they're partners of the 200 level. But from Joey, the Illini got back in the transfer portal and landed another long, versatile wing. Matthew Mayer announced on Friday he is transferring to Illinois after spending the last four years at Baylor. Mayer entered the NBA draft with the option to retain his college eligibility or collegiate eligibility and also entered the transfer portal just prior to the May 1 deadline for immediate eligibility. He chose the Illini over three other finalists, North Carolina, Texas Tech, and Memphis. Mayer is the third player to join Illinois via the transfer portal since January. Big man Dane Danger, also a Baylor transfer, joined Illinois the semester break in January and wing Terrence Shannon Jr. signed a Big Ten tender of financial agreement earlier this month. That means it's officially official. Mayer was an integral role player for Baylor the last two seasons, which included a 55-9 overall record for the Bears, two number one seeds in the NCAA tournament, and of course the 2021 NCAA tournament title. During the Bears' national championship season in 2020-21, Mayer came off the bench in all 30 games, averaging 8.1 points, 3.8 rebounds, and 1.2 steals, while shooting 48.9%, including 39.5% from three. Last season, Mayer started all 33 games. He averaged 9.8 points, 5 rebounds, 1.2 steals, and about a block a game while shooting 40% from the field, including 32.4% from three. So that's a little bit of a drop-off there. Illinois has two open scholarships remaining and is in the middle of a significant roster overhaul. And then Joey goes on to describe everybody that they've gained and lost. Uh, Austin Hutcherson, Jake Grandison declared for the draft. You've lost Andre Corbello, Brandon Podjimski, Omar Payne, and BBV. According to the 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings, this from Joey, the Illini have the number nine recruiting class in the country, which consists of Sky Clark, number 29, Ty Rogers, number 51, Jaden Epps, number 68, and Sincere Harris, number 110. What it means, Illinois continues to get longer in the wing with the addition of Mayer, who is nine. Okay, uh, let's talk about the short term first, and we're going to get to the long term after we hit the sponsors. The short term is this. Illinois was already a Big Ten favorite in my mind going into next year, and I don't think that's hyperbole when you consider that a lot of the Big Ten is taking a step back. Yes, Indiana is going to be a veteran team, but do you really believe that they're going to overachieve or even hit expectations? It's Indiana. So until proven otherwise, no offense to Mike Woodson, I'm not going to put my eggs in that basket, especially when your big guy is TJD, Trace Jackson Davis, who can be very good, but can be very aloof and bad to be quite honest. 
So no, I'm not really buying Indiana as a Big Ten title favorite. Michigan does return a lot. I think losing Frankie Collins means there's some question marks in their backcourt because he was going to be somewhat slotted into the point guard position. And can we really trust Jawan Howard after what you saw last year? He's going to get the four or five-star kids no problem, but in terms of roster building, that remains to be seen. Why I think Illinois, even before this, was a Big Ten title favorite was balance. And then you add Matthew Mayer to the mix. Depth and balance, versatility amongst the five positions on the court, the ability to guard one through five. You have a few guys that can do that. You might be small compared to some lineups, but you're going to be as fast as anyone you play this year. We're going to see a completely different style of basketball than we've grown accustomed to the last two, three years. And to be quite honest, I think even more pleasing to the eye. There have been really good basketball teams the last three years. That goes without saying here in Champaign. However, there have been moments in each of those seasons where watching them can be a bit of a slog based on their style of play. That is not going to be a problem for this team this year. They're going to be aesthetically pleasing. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. And while they might not have as good of a win-loss record as any of the last two years, though they might, they might, I don't want to sell this team short, I think by the end of it, they are going to be a more well-rounded package when it comes to being dangerous in the NCAA tournament. Let's talk short-term and long-term. This might be a shorter podcast, but it's worth getting behind the microphone to talk about this huge addition for the Illinois basketball program. Got to remind you, DP Doe, online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. Get custom zones with any topping you want or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone. That's online at dpdoe.com. Also, 4th and Kirby, online at 4thandkirby.com for vintage-inspired Alani apparel. Currently, I'm wearing my Big Ten Champions t-shirt from this year. I think I'm going to get the Juice Williams t-shirt just in time for football season. Tailgating is just around the corner, by the way. So go online to 4thandkirby.com and get your latest Alani swag. That's 4thandkirby.com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen, online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business renters, you name it. Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy at brianismyguy.com. He hooked us up with a great auto and homeowners bundle, really awesome customer service. It made it very seamless for me and Kara when we moved to the new place. So that's Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Stay from agent Brian Hansen. Finally, Rector Construction online at rectorconstruction.com for all your home exterior needs. These guys are the goods, expert craftsmen, great customer service, and you can go online today at rectorconstruction.com and get a free estimate on any exterior project. That's rectorconstruction.com. Alani Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. Okay, not that I'm surprised that Brad Underwood landed yet another stud. This is becoming commonplace. The initial reaction last night when I saw the news and I read the tweet, or I should say I read the text from Trevor that confirmed Matthew Mayer was coming to Illinois, my initial reaction was excitement for this season, but then the more I thought about it, it was an even different kind of excitement that is much more long-term. We've talked on this podcast about how this thing looks to be sustainable. A year ago, May 28th, 2021, let's say, there were still a lot of question marks as to what the next year's roster would look like and if you were going to be able to have another successful season to follow up the one seed and, of course, the disappointing finish to Loyola. You did, by all accounts. And while it ended in the first weekend yet again, it does feel like last year's team basically achieved what you could have hoped they would. They hit a wall. They dealt with a lot of adversity. Um, but also, you know, that wall that I mentioned, I think that was partly due to just, for lack of a better 
term talent, they were good. They were good. Often very good. But were they great? Were they take a deep run in the NCAA tournament great? No, I don't think so. When people were starting to talk like that in January after the double overtime, or was it triple overtime, classic against Purdue, and saying, well, Illinois is a Final Four threat, I didn't buy that. There was actually one week and only one week where I thought that maybe Illinois was a Final Four threat, and that was when you beat Wisconsin at home, blizzard of the great blizzard of 2022, and then you smoked Indiana on the road a few days later. And at that point, that was the peak. I thought, well, maybe this team does have a run in them. And then they kind of stagnated but won enough to get a Big Ten title. It is worth raising that banner. It is a team that will continue to come back to the State Farm Center and get those accolades. And as we look at the last three years now, they truly look like the building blocks for even greater success. Lou Henson had something similar. The Eddie Johnson, Mark Smith era in the late 70s and early 80s led to the greater success that you had in 83-84, in 88-89. Bill Self would have done the same thing. I mean, he had great success the three years he was here, but with Dee and Darren and Luther, he would have had even greater success and probably just built and built on top of that. What we are looking at now is a situation where Brad Underwood is potentially an elite coach. And I say potentially because you need more NCAA tournament success before you remove that potentially tag. As it stands, though, he does have this program in a position to be competing for Big Ten titles and deep NCAA tournament runs year after year. And what I am most excited about it, there's two things. One, in terms of roster construction. He is getting this talent in a myriad of ways. The transfer portal being one of them. He took advantage of that extra COVID year last year, and it paid dividends. And then great high school recruiting as well. Some guys that you hope will be for your players in an era of college basketball where that is becoming few and far between. But really, the thing that I'm most excited about, it's much more intangible. Illinois is cool again. We are a destination. Matthew Mayer picked Illinois over North Carolina, a North Carolina team that would have probably handed him a starting position on a team that will be a national title favorite. Matthew Mayer was looking at the option of winning two national titles in his collegiate career. Not to say that Illinois won't next year, but I'm sorry, as as excited as I am for next season, I think it's safe to say North Carolina might be more of a title threat. That could change. I mean, maybe Illinois reaches all the pinnacles that this particular group can, and they end up better than North Carolina. That is a possibility, but as it stands, the safer bet for him, if he wanted to win another title, was North Carolina. So somehow Underwood and this staff sold Matthew Mayer that this Illinois program, losing Kofi, two years removed from Io DeSumo, a lot of young talent, but a lot of guys that we just haven't seen before, they have somehow sold this to Matthew Mayer. I'm sure the name image likeness has something to do with this. It would have to, right? Whether or not you matched whatever North Carolina could offer or the sponsors that are in Chapel Hill, whether or not you can match it, you must have gotten close. And then it was the other things that really put it over the top for Matthew Mayer. You are playing with the big boys now. And whether it be Terrence Shannon Jr. or Matthew Mayer, these are two of the top 12 transfers that were out there this year. The only team that you could look at as getting more in the transfer portal, I think Texas Tech got quite a few. Arkansas got a bunch. Arkansas is absolutely loaded. Musselman looks to have that thing turning into a top-five program very quickly. And I'm sure that there's money being exchanged, but you know what? I kind of like the fact that this is all above board. I like the fact that with name, image, likeness, we are not pretending that this is something that it isn't. This is a big money sport. 
I think Brad Underwood can play that game. I think this program can play that game based on the alumni that it has and the rabid fan base. I think this is a lucrative basketball program. Not think, it is a lucrative basketball program that can get even more lucrative as time goes on. You are cool again. You're a destination. For me, having grown up in the Lou Henson era, which was fun but not great by the time I was of consciousness, and then Lon Kruger and Bill Self in the first few Weber years, we are back there. We're back. And the question of whether or not it will be maintained is becoming less of a question. It feels like there will be some semblance of success as long as Brad Underwood is here. Well, this actually leads me to the third thing I'm really excited about. And I will knock on wood because when a blue blood comes calling, you would listen. I would love to be in a position where Underwood has such great success here that he does get called by blue blood and they give him an offer that he just simply can't refuse. There are worse lots in life than that. It would come down to Whitman getting a better guy. But do we really suspect that Underwood would leave Illinois? He's a little bit older than Bill Self was back when Bill made the move. Actually, I say a little bit, probably quite a bit, 15 years maybe, than when Bill Self was in 2003. He said all the things that would indicate this is his dream job. I mean, Kansas State, (laughs) I don't think there were even overtures made at the end of the season. I don't think Brad Underwood would have considered that. But it does seem like perhaps the perfect storm has happened here. All the good things are going Illinois' way in ways that they didn't, even when things were good back in the Bill Self era. I mean, we suspected, you know, in our heart of hearts, that Bill Self was so good that this might not last forever. And yeah, whether or not we had conversations about it before Kansas came calling, I think there was something lingering in the back of our minds. There was that Illinois fandom sort of inferiority complex that always bumble, bumble, <laughs> bubbles, excuse me, underneath the surface. It still does, and it manifests itself like when you lose to Houston by 15 points in the second round or the Loyola game two years ago. There's still going to be those moments, but it feels like they are fewer and far between. And if you look at the Sunday that you won the Big Ten title against Iowa, with Wisconsin losing at home to Nebraska, without their best player, mind you, it just feels like things are starting to go Illinois' way. There's no way to quantify this or really measure it. It just has a different glow. This even trickles all the way down to the football program, which it's a completely different thing, but don't you feel kind of excited about football in a way that you haven't probably since the early Zook era, where it's like, hey, we might actually have a guy here that can accomplish a decent level of success. It feels like things are stabilizing after a decade where nothing was stable, and I got to give Whitman credit for that, despite whiffing on the first football hire. And I also got to think that, man, he might have gotten the home run here in basketball. There's not many more things apart from a deep tournament run, and that's what it's all about. You know, we will admit, that's basically the only thing out there for Underwood to take care of. And time will take care of that. If you make it enough, you will eventually make a deep run in the tournament. With the talent he's bringing in, it's almost inevitable. And I know that's a scary word, knock on wood, whatever you want to do to... You know, not jinx it if you're a believer in that. But I do think this will happen. And now the question isn't if, it's a question of when. So this is just a happy podcast. What, fifth or sixth in a row that we've done since Illinois lost to Houston and we're kind of in the offseason and figuring out, okay, well, what does next year's roster look like? And really, all the best-case scenarios came to fruition. Minus, of course, Kofi going pro. And that's a bummer. But really... I'm, I'm okay with that. I think the roster that you have next year is every bit as good as last year. Very different, of course. 
but I do think probably more apt to make a run in the NCAA tournament. This is not a slight on Kofi, but more about the state of college basketball and really, by extension, pro basketball. The big guy in the middle, the ball stopper, and I don't care how good the center is, Kofi was one of the best you could ever see, but ultimately, when you're that good, you are kind of a ball stopper. Even Oscar Shibwe, who I think had a better year than Kofi last year, probably a better college basketball player, however you want to measure that. It just seems like he elevates those around him a little bit more, but regardless, what happened to Kentucky? They lost in the first round to St. Peter's. What happened to Illinois with Kofi? They lost in the second round to Houston. A Houston team that might have had a guy that was six foot nine, maybe, I can't recall, but mostly a bunch of tweeners, six six, six seven, that could play the two, three, and four no problem. They were bigger than Illinois on the whole. They were not bigger at the five position, but it did not matter. And I don't know if it does matter that much in college basketball. So with Kofi gone, yes. We don't have the guarantee that, all right, well, you can lock 24 wins in the bank. You, you would have with Kofi. There's no guarantee of that. But I do think, think the ceiling is a bit higher based on what we've seen with the teams that have made Final Four runs, the teams that have won conference championships consistently. They don't normally have a Kofi Coburn out there or anyone similar to that. What you have instead are a bunch of guys that can run the court, get easy transition buckets, can guard the one through five, and that is really the template with which Underwood is building this thing. I just am sitting here and occasionally pinching myself, but then now I'm starting to get used to the good news. I mean, I I was maybe pinching myself back when the Sky Clark thing happened, but even then it felt like, oh, well, things are just starting to go in Illinois' direction. Terrence Shannon Jr., that went a little bit longer than maybe maybe we hoped, but he ultimately picked Illinois. Now, this with Matthew Mayer, a name that emerged a few weeks ago, but when North Carolina was in that final four, you thought, well, sayonara, probably not going to happen, and who could blame him? Who would blame a guy for going and trying to get his second national title? So these things are just starting to happen. The days of fretting whether or not you would get Quentin Snyder and uh, Jalen Brunson, Oh, God, you better get Tijon Lucas because you struck out on Juwan Evans, too. I mean, you remember the John Gross years where everything was, you were the bridesmaid, time in, time out. You were always second place, and that's an exhausting place to be. You weren't there anymore. You were getting great talent in here. Better talent, mind you, apart from Iowa and Kofi that are you know kind of generational guys, right? But on the whole, and I've used that term a couple of times in this podcast, on the whole, the talent is getting better. No offense to Trent. No offense to Alfonso Plummer, a great shot maker. But you are getting well-rounded basketball players that are all fairly decently sized, all athletic, and play that sort of positionless basketball, which I remember Underwood talking about going into his second year. We scoffed at it and said, dude, we're probably going to be bad again. We were. That was just a guy that was trying to probably speak his image of what he wanted his basketball program to be. He was trying to speak it into existence. And now as we enter year six, that's exactly what's happened. It's pretty remarkable. And if I were to see Underwood in public, I would just go up, shake his hand and say, thank you. From an Illini basketball fan that loves doing this podcast and loves going to the games. And like any of you, we, we do live and die by what happens at Illinois basketball between November and March. It can impact how we feel the next day or the following week. And he is continually giving us these memorable moments on and off the court in building a program where you should have plenty more memorable moments to come. And that is something I will not take for granted. I didn't back in the day, even when I was younger, 
But especially now, I'm not going to take any of this for granted. I'm really going to soak it in and enjoy what he's building here. So Matthew Mayer, Illinois. Here's your starting five. Let's have some fun with it before we get out of here. Seeing everybody post their starting five, it does seem likely that you're looking at Sky Clark, Terrence Shannon Jr., R.J. Melendez, Matthew Mayer, Coleman Hawkins. Now, that's really good. But to me, it's not so much the starting five, which I, I like the starting five, and I do think against Illinois starting five last year, be a very interesting matchup. It would be oil and water, two very different styles. And you would argue potentially that last year's starting five for Illinois, when healthy, was a little bit better. But it's the depth. It's the fact that when you go to the bench, we haven't even talked about Luke Goody yet, who's probably going to take a step this year. We haven't even talked yet about all the freshmen, not named Sky Clark. I mean, this was an exciting freshman class before he committed. Dane Danger doesn't need to be a feature player now. I think that might be one of the bigger things here because we've never really seen him play. So anything that we've heard of Dane Danger is based on what's going on at Ubbin, and that's great, but we heard some good things about Omar Payne too. You got to see it first, and I, I would assume he's going to be better, more seasoned than Omar Payne, but again, there's no guarantee. You have put yourself in a position now where you don't need to hit on every single one of these guys. There could be a dud or two, and you still are going to go eight deep, potentially nine based on the matchup, and that is a luxury that few teams have. In this Big Ten, as I mentioned earlier, with the talent that left, that either went pro or graduated, this is wide open for Illinois to win another Big Ten title. Essentially three in a row, if we're being real about it. Sorry, Michigan fans. And I, I just love this. I love the fact that it's not about making the tournament. You know, not to bring back or dredge up ghost of John Gross past, but I mentioned the Juwan Evans and Quentin Snyders and Please, love of God, get Tijon Lucas. And then think about during the season when we said, please, for the love of God, just make the tournament. And we had to sweat that out. There's no sweating that out anymore. You're a tournament team. I mean, okay, check that box. And yes, things can happen, a bunch of injuries. I mean, we saw some tumultuous things last year, but now you're really building that program where you are almost like recession-proof. You know, you have so much talent. Your baseline of talent has been increased so much that your off year is now like an eight seed in the NCAA tournament. And that is, oh, what a relief. It's both elation and relief, being able to tune in to the selection show and know that, yes, Illinois will get called. I can do brackets again and not have to just do it half-heartedly because that's what people do. No, Illinois is in the tournament, so it's much more fun to be a part of that. It's everything. It's the overall feeling when you talk about Illinois basketball. It's the smile that came across my face as I was able to tell we had happy hour last night, so my dad and mom and their neighborhood crew were over, and being able with a smile on my face to tell them, breaking news, Matthew Mayer from Baylor, he's going to Illinois. You know, this is, it's, it's what sports are for. It's, it's entertainment, it's fun. Of course, with college basketball here in this community, it means a little bit more. It just does. And yeah, we're chasing that national title, but you know, it seems like Underwood has this program in position to chase it in a way that we haven't been able to since Bill Self and the early years of Bruce Weber. So we're there. You know, we're, we're, we're within striking distance of finally slaying that dragon. But in the process, I'm not going to lose sight of the other things that they accomplish. Last year, a regret that I have, and we've texted with Trevor and Isaac about this, a regret that I have, and Trevor I know shares this, there was a heaviness to last year because we so badly wanted something tangible. And 
losses felt that much bigger and wins felt more like a relief than a triumph. Then there were some exceptions to that. I mentioned the Wisconsin game. That was just an absolute blast. Um, the Michigan State win at home was one of the more fun times I've had at that State Farm Center in years. And then the Iowa game, of course, to culminate everything. But, you know, there was a heaviness to it. There was this, please, you know, let us get to that point where we can exhale. And I'm not going to have that so much next year. You know, yeah, you got all the new toys. You can say, okay, we were Big Ten champs last year, so we don't need to chase that necessarily, but it'd be great if they did. No, we can kind of sit back, relax, watch these pieces fall into place, and see how this team takes shape. And know that the best case scenario is really damn good. And that's a good good place to be in. It's excitement without the weight. And easier said than done, if this team turns out to have a really good non-conference and then they struggle in the first few Big Ten games, yeah, we'll probably go into that valley again. That's what fandom is all about. But I do think that we will enter this season with a little bit off our shoulders and be able to sort of enjoy the fruits of the last three years. I mean, this is what you build a program for to get to this place where you don't need to sweat everything out and where people want to come and play for you. And the fan base just has that sort of swagger about them again because you know that you're good. You know you're rooting for a good team and a good program. So we are back there, and and let's enjoy it. That's why I'm wearing this Illinois shirt today. We're in a proud, and uh, I don't see that changing for the foreseeable future. All right, I hope we have a great Memorial Day weekend, a shorter podcast. Um, we are about to go to Huber's, of course, which is our Saturday afternoon tradition. I got Smashing Pumpkins at Summer Camp Music Festival tomorrow. Little Feet as well. Little Feet, very underrated Southern rock band. Yeah, some of the original members are dead, including the the main guy, but they can groove. And then Victor Wooten, great bass player. So a good lineup at summer camp tomorrow. Going to head up there for the day. First concert of the summer. Dave Matthews has COVID. Yes, there's the COVID thing circulating. It sucks. It's a drag. But at this point, you just got to, what, live life and um, be careful for those around you. But uh, it's summertime, man. I mean... I don't know. I, I keep thinking I'm going to get it. I've been to weddings. I was at school, and it has not happened yet. Maybe I had it and didn't know it, but um, yeah, it's concert season. I got to hit this thing up. So, uh, hey, I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. It's already a good start with Matthew Mary coming to Illinois, and whether you're boating or whether you're cooking out, presumably drinking, it's a great drinking weekend, let's be honest. Hope you have a good long weekend, uh, whatever you are doing. Got to thank DP Doe, Fourth and Kirby, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen, and Rector Construction, sponsors of the 200 level. Got to thank Alana Inquirer and Joey Wagner with that write-up that I used at the start of this. Also, um, let's see here. Oh, yeah, I just got a text from... Uh, a teacher that I work with, a friend of hers got to West Palm Beach where Dave was playing and the concert got canceled. Yeah, I, I feel that news came out. And it's Dave. Dave has the COVID. That's a shame. He'll be good for Deer Creek and Alpine, though, not to be selfish. I'm, I'm happy. Ugh, I don't want to say happy. I'm glad he, he's getting it out of the way. Part of me just wants to get it out of the way, too. Um, let's see. Alana Inquirer, Champagne Showers Podcast Network. I'm sort of rambling at this point, so probably time for me to get out of here and go enjoy a drink at Huber's. All right, everybody. Stay safe, stay healthy, have a great weekend, and we'll see you the next time some news drops for Illinois basketball. It's only been good news recently, and I'm A-OK with that. All right. It is the 200 level. Thank you.